Good evening, Patriots. And it's Wednesday, August 9th, the end of Wednesday, year 2023. Just a lot of interesting things percolating up. I'm going to play a piece here by Pastor Greg Locke. He's pretty much on fire about a couple of pastors he says are pedophile and human traffickers. And we've got another reveal about President Obama, which is another interesting thing from a pastor. The world is this kind of unraveling, and the truths are percolating up, and we're beginning to finally start to see the strength of God's word and the righteous walk of men push forward. And that's an encouraging thing, but there's still far too few when we need many more indeed. Patriots, one thing right now, make sure that you're taking advantage of the great sale going on over at MyPillow.com. And it's not really a sale. It's they're giving, doing it through a free giveaway right now. And it's all in thanks to everybody that has supported MyPillow. So make sure you do take advantage of it. It's pretty amazing. So here's Mike to tell you about it. Over the last 20 years, with all your support, we've been able to not only launch the original MyPillow, but also the MyPillow mattress topper, Giza Dream bed sheets, my slippers, and the MyPillow bath towels. But there's so much more. In fact, we have over 200 products. And I'm so confident that you'll love each and every one of them that when you go to MyPillow.com now, you'll immediately receive a free gift valued at $20 just for checking out the website. No purchase necessary. Get everything from my pillow blankets, sleepwear, kitchen towels, mattresses, duvets, pet beds, body pillows, comforters, couch pillows, bathrobes, and so much more. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get deep discounts on all my pillow products. And remember, just for checking out mypillow.com, you'll immediately receive a free gift valued at $20. No purchase necessary. This is a limited time promotion, so go to mypillow.com now. Yeah, head on over there to mypillow.com forward slash bards, promo code bards. You won't be disappointed. And plus, it's a free gift. Who doesn't want that? And with all your dollars spent over there, always go, go to one of the best companies in America. I really wish we had about 300 of them. Very seriously, we wouldn't have the problem that we have today. Which, by the way, another great company, small company that's been retooling. And I talked to him probably, oh, my text anyway, once a week. And you remember I mentioned Carson Shoes. And I'm, he's, we're going to be working on a shoe for Bars Nation, believe it or not. It's pretty awesome. He is the only American-made shoe company. And he's been rebuilding his entire facility over outside of Portland, Eastern Oregon. I shouldn't say outside of Portland, Eastern Oregon, a place called Happy Valley. I think it's Happy Valley. Yeah, if I, he'll, he'll text me and go, you got it wrong, brother, if I'm wrong. Otherwise, we'll get it right. But anyway, it's, it's a Grass Valley. That's what it is, Grass Valley. I knew I was wrong. I was wrong, Grass Valley. So he's over there, and uh, I'll tell you when those shoes come back online. You can still order them, but um, I love them, and I'm just I'm always happy to hear about small businesses that are taking on the giants. You know, he's the only one in the United States right now that is literally um, challenging Nike or an, an Adidas and with with. He's still using equipment out of the 1950s so they can make their own soles and stuff. It's really awesome. It's a great story. Pretty cool business model he has, too. I'll get him on the show so we can hear his story. It's pretty good. All right. I want you to hear this piece, first of all, by a pastor. I don't have his name. But he's a little fired up on Barack Obama and the United States. And I think it's important to grab hold of this moment to realize that 
we're literally in a bit of a problem right now. And that problem is that the world is not pleased. And if anything, the Biden administration has, and the, these woke perverts that we have running our government are exporting this stuff all over the world. Listen to the threats that they've been using. It's pretty crazy. Here you go. When Barack became president, he tried to force Africa to accept same-sex marriages, and African government said, we don't allow that stuff here. And Barack sanctioned Africa. Well, Biden duplicated the same thing. Biden said the same thing, trying to force Africa, different countries of Africa, to accept same-sex marriages, and if those countries don't, he will sanction them, starve them. Mm. How in the world men knocking up men mean so much to America that you will use your power to starve a baby, starve a woman? Because a country wanna uphold God's law. See, this is the piece that I keep coming back to, which is nations will be judged. And we are not going to get away from judgment by the world because we have allowed this administration to export its homosexual perversion and its whole transgender perversion and its same-sex perversion and its sin across this globe to the point that they've actually threatened and have sanctioned countries so that they would be forced to their knees and have to accept butt sex. I mean, I, I get so tired of this fact that as Americans, you and I individually, sure, we can go up to D.C. and run a sign left there up and down and go, rah, rah, it is bad, rah, rah, it is bad, stop this. At least God's given me this platform here where I can push this message far and wide. But where is the standing up of men to go enough is enough? Why can't we put a million men on the on the mall up there that are pissed off? When is it going to come down to men who actually believe in women and are not watching porn? I think that's I still think that's a big problem. And hat tip to all of the men that have reached out to me asking for help with porn addictions. If you haven't heard back from me, you will by tomorrow. But congratulations to all of you for having the courage to step in and say you want to be freed, and that will happen. But the issue we have here is literally we have perverts and sodomites running our government, thinking that every single person in the world needs to be sodomized like they were. And it's become part of our foreign policy. And even worse is it's in our country. It's in our churches. And we know it is. I don't know if, you, if anybody's ever been to a mega church. I've never fig figured out the attraction to mega churches. They're completely shallow. There's, it's one big comedy show, I should say show. It's a religious show is all it is. I think people go there to be entertained. It's like, oh, do you believe in Jesus? Oh, man, he, he makes me smile and entertains me every Sunday. 
Because I don't think people want to dig in hard to the hard part about faith, which is accountability. We have to dig in and hold ourselves accountable and get to know Jesus. And then we've got to get into the world and bring Jesus into the world. But when you go to a mega church and you roll up, you're like, yo, there's another 5,000 people with me. And nobody looks to see what's really going on. Take a listen to this. This is Greg Locke. He's on fire. This is Pastor Greg Locke. And boy, this video just came out. He's accusing Pastor Joel Osteen and Kenneth Copeland as child predators. And he says that he got receipts if they want to smoke. Yo, check this clip out. Kenneth Copeland, the most powerful pastor in America. He's a demon and he's going to hell. And you tell him I said so. I'm about to kick his pulpit over and preach wide slam open tonight. Low down, sorry, sex trafficking rapist. <laughs> I wish to God he would take me to court. Wow. I wish to God that demon would take me to court. I'll show the pictures I've got. Bro. You ever send another dime to that low down, sorry pedophile? I pray God curses your finances. Sheesh. I'm sick of these demon worshiping pastors like Joel Osteen. Look, I'm, I'm just going to say it tonight. I don't care what the news media says. Joel Osteen ain't going to sue Greg Locke. I wish you would. Dude's worth so many millions of dollars, it's ridiculous. Why don't they sue the hillbilly preacher? I'll tell you why. Because he knows I'm right. I'm going to call them all out when I have to. He said, oh my goodness, you mean to tell me that Joel Osteen... He's that way with women? No, I'm here to tell you Joel Osteen's that way with boys. Bruh. By the way, you ever heard of a dead man switch? Well, just in case they come and try to suicide me, I got one them. Let them chase me down. Huh? It'll all go on the internet. Every last drop of it. Hmm? Tom Hanks, Oprah, and all them pedophiles. Okay. Jeez. Yeah, he went off. If these allegations are true, I cannot wait for them to be exposed because God don't play about his kids and God don't play about his house. God bless you. Let me know your comments down below. I'm telling you, churches are broken in these big mega, mega churches. They're broken. And then you, it's just, it's unbelievable that America's just sitting here going, oh, it's okay. We're just going to go to church on Sunday, and we're going to go hang out and listen to the pedophile. T.D. Jakes is another one. He's a rapist with boys. So let's get clear here. If you're sitting here in a mega church, and it is essential that you start, like, walking away. I visited one for a couple times in Houston, out, and I honestly, I don't even remember the name of it. And it was a, had like four campuses. And the last time I went, they were out there pushing the idea that they were going to accept transgenders. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with you? I wrote the pastor. I even called him. Never would return my calls. Of course not. Because they don't want to be called out. They, they understand very well. What they're doing, you know, if you dig into this, if you listen 
to a lot of the people that have done the research on this, and I'm going to be honest, I haven't done the full depth of research that others have. But to my understanding, the Vatican just basically bought all these big pastors out. And then they just become hand puppets of the greater agenda to traffic kids and rape kids. And it's not like it's not in our face. Because it's pretty evident. There was a pedophile ring they broke up. And I want to say it was 2018 or 2019, but it was the entire, it went through the entire Southern Baptist network. And of course, nobody wants to talk about that. They're like, whoa, I don't think that happened. Yeah, it happened. And it was being run out of churches. And I'm not telling you it was pastors, but I'm telling you it was being run out of churches, which is again, it's like, how does this happen? I don't know. I'm going to read a piece here tonight, and uh, I think it's important. And and it's got a lot of great points, and I think it hits to what we're getting at here. It's called America is Now a Zombie State. This was in Zero Hedge yesterday. It was authored by Jacob Howland on on You Heard, Unheard, sorry, Unheard, which is H-E-R-D. It starts out, every nation gets the government it deserves, wrote the philosopher Joseph D. Mastra, and some are getting it good and hard right now. De Mastra's moral interpretation of politics admits of exceptions, but the United States in 2023 is not one of them. A wasting tide of bad education and corruption is rotting the cultural and constitutional peers that since the Civil War have kept the U.S. above the waters of chaos. The American regime has become a tawdry theocracy in which political actors, hypocritice in in Greek, play stock characters in a loathsome farce. In the run-up to the 2024 elections, Donald Trump stars as the persecuted savior and Joe Biden the righteous defender of the American Republic. Never mind that Trump is a self-absorbed and impulsive to the point of criminal stupidity. Well, we can disagree on that, but maybe. The Biden is senile and evidently corrupt, and the both of these brain-boorish old men are fraudsters and, and fabulists. These voices do not matter to their furious followers, who love the man precisely because he is not the hated, he doesn't hate the other. The point they're getting at here, which is very critical, is we are so split and divided right now that one side and the other side, we have those that hate Trump, and those that love Trump, those that hate Biden, and those that love Biden. And in all this fury that we're going on, we're not putting our eyes on God. And so much of this is getting completely lost, and we're walking around here as a country, and we're going, I don't know why it's so wrong. Well, it goes so wrong because of one principal issue that no one out here in the front is talking about. Now, to Trump's absolute credit, he is the only president that has ever made child sex trafficking a priority. Hat tip. But it doesn't just, it's not just a president. It has to be forced in every single dialogue. The only commission, this this is God's words to me, the only commission that has ever been the priority for all of humanity is to is to rescue, heal, and restore the children. In other words, to protect the children. And we run around here in this world and we're like, oh, we got children. Oh, we got children. Oh, we got children. 
We don't even realize the magnitude of this gift. Children are the fabric of innocence that keeps this world working. Now, I want to flip something on you here tonight. I read enough of that article. Because it's ultimately the same thing. It's Americans are completely zombified right now. They are, they're sitting here, and it's evidence. If you didn't follow what happened in Ohio, unbelievable. Conservatives, including liberals, voted to embrace abortion at any age. So a three-year-old that gets raped by somebody or a 10-year-old that gets raped by somebody that's going to have an abortion can now go in with their rapist in under duress and sign their name to have themselves raped. Good job, Ohio. For all you conservatives that voted the correct way, God bless you. But I'm going to tell you something, and we are entering a period of massive judgment. And I feel very comfortable telling you, saying this here tonight. If you voted no on issue one in Ohio, and you are a Christian, a follower of Jesus, Get on your knees and start repenting because you just went through a threshing. And I'm telling you, we are each we are each going to be going through these testing moments. And if you are not paying attention, if you are not using your common sense, if you are not listening to God, if you are just voting because some dipshit on the TV tells you what to vote or you get guilt complex and you're going to go with the crowd, you are going to pay a price. I'm telling you, so many people that call themselves Christians get absorbed with false prophets and they get completely confused. And they just, it's like, I talk to people and I'm like, my faith is good. I'm like, what does that mean? My faith is good. I, I've got everything under control, but you know, I've got my life and then I've got my faith. It's like, no, you missed up. You misunderstood that whole game right from the start. You don't have your life and faith. God is everything. You are aligned through God, through Jesus, through Jesus is the way. And everything you do is in obedience to the Father and in walking with the Father. Because if you're walking right, you've opened the door, you've invited him in, he's taken a seat at the table, and you're dining together in everything that you do. But man, we have such a broken system here. A people, it's always the me, the me, the me. You know, it's like we have so many medical problems going on right now. We, li we listened to an incredible story last hour. That young lady would absolutely love to be healed, and she would accept healing from Jesus, and we will pray on that this weekend. She's on our prayer list for Saturday, so buckle up. We're going to bring some holy, holy prayer on Saturday for her. But I, it's, I'm going to use the medical thing as an example because people have so many ailments going on right now. And I, so many times you run into it and it's like, well, I've gone to the doctor and it's not working out right. Can you pray that the doctor is going to be all right? And I'm like, no, I won't pray. Well, in, in a sense, if you're with us, yes, we'll pray, but the prayer is not going to be for the doctor. I mean, when are we going to start realizing that in our lives, the first and only place we should turn for everything is God? And if you're with a pastor that is not encouraging you to have an intimate relationship with Christ and they're more interested in the fundraisers and the garbage that they do online and everything they do is a cost-raising thing for their damn church, you probably have a problem going on here. It's probably called Pharisees syndrome. And if you've got people and reputations out here that the public is starting to point at and your pastor is getting crossfire for many, 
you might want to start asking some hard questions. But faith is not supposed to be, our walk with Jesus isn't supposed to be easy. And that's that's the part where I think everybody starts to go sideways. Because it's like, oh, I accepted Jesus. Got that one done. Woo, that was quick. Quick dunk in the water. It wasn't even that cold. Got my hair a little bit wet. Got a towel to dry off later. Had my swimming shorts on. Whew, got a little water up my nose and down my ears. And I'm good. I got myself some Jesus. I got myself some Jesus. I'm good, everybody. I'll see you next Sunday. Man, I'm telling you. I mean, this this is the world we're in, right? It's like, I'll, I'll take that Big Mac, two whole beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, on a sesame seed, dunt, bun, and give me a, a super size of Jesus, please. I need a boost today. Mix that with my vanilla milkshake. I want to see people in pursuit of the of Jesus, of the living Christ, of the heart for Jesus. I am so moved when people have the heart of Jesus and can weep because they feel the Father. Man, if you didn't have tears at last hour for that young lady, I don't know. I did. I got all choked up. And that's the thing. I mean, this is, you know, we... Men, like afraid to cry, that Maryland's Carolinas Stanzik, specialist Carolina Carolina Stanzik. But we're walking around here enjoying the entertainment and the show. And while they give you the entertainment and the show, they're diddling kids, they're moving kids, they're they're raking in the dough, they're becoming a temple of the Pharisees, and it's just like I'm always stunned. They just keep packing them in. Joe Olstein, Kenneth Copeland, T.D. Jakes. We've got a few more. Creflo Dollar. They're around. And, you know, the, the problem is that when, when you call somebody out, then right away the counter is, oh, you're trying to build your channel bigger. You know what? No. God did a nice job on that by, with us. Don't worry about that. What we're looking for is truth. And you got to settle into the truth, the heart-punching truth. So, you know, for those that are out there and they're wandering around going, I, that's not very nice of you to speak ill about a pastor. He's worked hard. All right, tell that to the kid that got raped. Tell that to the altar boy that for the rest of his life has to remember when he got pulled into the office and pulled down his pants and got boned in the butt. Just saying. So it is important that we start calling out the truths. And it's important that we start bringing the fire against those that are not speaking the truth. And it's going to center on the point of us walking in a center point with Jesus. You know, we don't have to worry. You hear some people say, well, don't worry about it, you know. We walk with Jesus, it's not our concern. It is our concern when it starts to involve kids, okay? And part of rescue is also to be awakening the people that are locked in the trauma coma of believing somehow that their megachurch and their pastors are not going to be complicit in these things. 
churches have become, unfortunately, a magnet for a lot of very bad activity. And the problem is churches have a very good tendency of not wanting the public to see it because they don't want to spill the bad news. We want to judge. We don't want, we just want to quietly brush it under the rug because we don't want to disrupt the congregation. Disrupt them. Start shocking the congregations. Start bringing them to the, to the light so they can start seeing what's going on. I mean, this is God's temple is being violated. But that's why we've got the church in our heart. I want you to think about this. God created the earth. I don't know how we got this narrative going, but we sure did. God created the earth in all things. Satan gets kicked out of heaven along with his fallen angels. So we live in a fallen world. God is going to bring heaven to earth. That's the principle, meaning you're going to get rid of the evil and push it out. So why? And I think this is at the core of the megachurch. So bear with me because I'm going to bring the pieces together here. So watch. Why do so many people always want to run away to heaven. This is our home. God created it here. And the meek shall inherit the earth. Hmm. The meek are not weak. And they're not the little tiny people that are running around like the leprechauns in, in, the, in the trees in Ireland. Meek are the mighty warriors that understand that there's another way to walk and they they literally know the ability to destroy the enemy, but they choose the path of higher to walk in the love of Christ. So why is it that so many people want to run away? Why is it we don't want to fix what's here? Why is it that it's always about, oh, Father, please take me home. Oh, I can't wait till I go to heaven. Oh, I'll be good until the day I die. I, you know, if I die, I'm good. I'm going to be, I've accepted Jesus. I'm, I'm back to that Jesus thing. I got that quick dunk with Jesus. I'm good. I can get the heck out of here anytime. Why is that become a persistent theme? Because when you have that mentality, you're able to be persuaded to go to the shows of the church, like the mega church, the big, the, all the music and all the sparkling lights and the dazzlement and the fog on the stage and the choirs that are all dressed in white and they sing and the bands that play modern music and somewhere in there's a message about something or other that you kind of forget. And then the offering plate comes along and you're like, oh my goodness, this is good. I'm going to shell out some bucks today. There's just in a 20 and a 20 and a 20. I, I give you the keys to my car. I'm so impressed today. I'll give you everything. It's a grift. It's a grift. And it just sickens me because God's church has become a grift in so many places. But I'm still trying to figure out why we're so excited to run away. And it, it affects us in so many ways. Tomorrow night, we've got a really good interview on tomorrow night. And um, it, his name is Frank Trimbetti. 
if you know who Frank Trimbetti is. Frank Trimbetti is the owner of the gym in New Jersey that they have been trying to shut down since COVID, and he's fought back. But here's the thing, and I love it because this is how the interview begins. It's just a kind of a highlight. We talk about taking a stand, and Frank is talking about how much he loves the state of New Jersey. Like I love Oregon. But if you look around the country right now, there's this whole thing of like, I got to get out of the city. I'm going to go run away. I'm going to go to Texas. Not Texas. You're inheriting everything lately. Oh, my gosh. Duncan left Texas. He went to Kentucky. Probably a good move. The Conley's going to have to think about the same thing here after a while. But here's the point that I'm making is they, they keep running away. And where they, wherever they're going, they're not fixing anything. And this is a, a straight-up metaphor for how too many are walking with Christ. We're not fixing anything when you're running away. I can't wait to get out of here. Jesus, take me home. It's like, what is that? This is home. And that's the problem of the modern church in kind of its theology of whatever it is. And it's the idea that people are running away. And so they're trying to find the entertainment to get them by, to get to the next day, get to Monday, because Sunday or Saturday, whenever you go, I need something to get me through the weekend. The week's been tough. Entertain me. Make me feel good. Surround me with some singers. Give me a little bit of a sermon. Not too much because I'll overdose on seriousness Give me an offering plate. I'll pay you for what you gave me. Thanks for the good feelings. I'm out of here. See you next Sunday. I might drop in on Wednesday, maybe for a little bit of social hour. Make sure you've got a latte shop somewhere in your co- in your church, please. Because I can't imagine sitting through a sermon. Well, actually, I could probably double that because some of these pastors, I couldn't imagine sitting through a sermon without a latte either. But anyway, but my point is, it literally should be a crime to make God's word boring. I mean, it should be like, you, you did what? You put, you put people to sleep in the congregation speaking about Jesus? Okay, Here, here's your punishment. You're going to sweep the parking lot, and then when you're done, in the back, we need, you're going to dig a hole. And it's going to be a hole that's going to be six feet by six feet by seven feet, and you're going to fill it, and you're going to dig another one, and you're going to do three or four of those until the weekend's over, and you're going to remember that never again are you going to make Jesus boring. How can that be? So it is a point right now where our nation is going to face, in my opinion, a pretty heavy hand of judgment. And the churches that have violated their tenets of being a church are going to be judged, Ezekiel 34. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, prophecy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophecy and say to them, the spiritual shepherds. Thus says the Lord God, woe, judgment is coming to the spiritual shepherds of Israel who have been feeding themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? Do you eat the fat, the choicest of meat? And clothe yourselves with wool. You slaughter the best of the livestock, but you do not feed the flock. You have not strengthened those who are weak. You have not healed the sick. You have not bandaged the crippled. You have not brought back those gone astray. 
You have not looked for the lost, but you have ruled them with force and violence. They were scattered because there was no shepherd, and when they were scattered, they became food for all the predators of the field. My flock wandered through the, all the mountains and on every high hill. My flock was scattered over the face of the earth, and no one searched or sought them. Think about those words that God's saying. That's the prophecy he's given. And the critical things that every church should be doing right now. They should be strengthening the weak. They should be healing the sick. They should be bandaging the crippled. And they should have brought back those gone astray. That sounds a whole lot like raise the dead. And they haven't even bothered to look for those that have been lost, those wandering that need a shepherd to bring them in. Our nation's in for a great shaking. And it's going to be an important time for those that are truly walking with Christ and have the love of Christ in their life to be present. We talked some about last night, this coming time, which I believe is going to shake the very foundations of the nation. And I think it has to. If we're going to have any opportunity, if this thing goes through a process where somehow like Trump gets in office and there's all a kumbaya sing, singing and dancing in the street and everybody's going to be happy again and we're going to get rid of the few people in D.C. and we're all going to start over and, and pretend like nothing happened, we're going to go to hell faster than we've ever imagined. And it, I mean it literally like in a couple years, you will literally be seeing Satan walk into the Oval Office. But if we go through a period of a great shaking where people are going to have to go through the breaking and watching their idols, like their money, be lost and have to confront the fact that they didn't take heed to God's word and they don't know where to turn when they don't have food, so they're going to sit there and wait for the government to bring it instead of turning to God and knowing that he shall provide, those will be the moments of the great shaking that change this nation forever. And it's what needs to happen. That's the path I believe we're headed on. Because if anything in between, anything less than that happens, then it's only a matter of time when we do get there. And a band-aid is not going to fix where we're going. So as a reminder of last night's show, that means that we have the responsibility of storing up excess to be prepared to love thy neighbor. But it's a process like you would do in any church. Each of us becomes a home church, an ecclesia, an extension of, the, of our Lord Jesus in walking in the world. And there isn't a perpetual free lunch, but here's the greatest thing about it. The accountability always comes through him. And as we walk in that place and start to really do the hard work of accepting Jesus, we have to do something else that no offering plate does no perpetual emails to remind you to put more money on your, your monthly donation to the church. It's a simple thing. And it happened on the Sermon on the Mount. It's to have faith that God shall provide. And with that comes the hard work. But we are at the core of this right now. We have to truly walk with a powerful, powerful place of our faith. 
Our churches, as they are revealed, Greg Locke is the beginning seed. And as these truths begin to fall out, and I think Greg is being used in a way to set the narrative so it begins to trickle into the mainstream and puts the big notice on to the big churches that the truth is coming. And when it comes, you're going to see a lot of broken people. It's just like the moment when the worshipers of Israel start to realize that it's not Israelites that are in power. It's the Akhenasi Jews, the Khazarian Mafia, taking under the title of Jewish, that are reading the Talmud, which is the book of Babylon, as their lead book and text for their entire nation. That's going to rock people when they suddenly realize that, yep, that whole Israel worship thing you've been doing, that whole, like, we got to do everything for Israel and raise money for Israel. Yeah, that one. Well, that's the one that's going to rock so many Christians because they're going to literally feel that their faith has no value. And all of this, in my opinion, is are the biggest dead man switches yet to be released. And they are the ones that the enemy is counting on that will break people's faith in God. And it will be from the shadows that they shall come. And it shall be in quiet walking that they shall arrive. And when they come upon the scene of the chaos and the broken hearts that are wandering, having once prayed in the temples that are now dead stone walls, putting out their hand in expectation of alms and morsels of bread that the rich and the state are not providing, it will be the few that arrive quietly, in humility, with the light of Christ flowing in their heart to guide them out and back home once again. Seek the face of Jesus. Seek his love and his walk. Stay away from the noise and the confusion, the intense shows that are going on out here to attract followers and to stack numbers in the pews. We don't need a pew. We don't need a rigid temple. We need Jesus. And to walk with him and be with him in a true and intimate relationship with him. We have been given the authorities to do all that he wants us to do. And so then we just need not only the faith, but the courage to step out and do it. Just a last thought here. We'd all like to have a package-ready deal where we could snap our fingers, say, okay, God, download it, I'm ready, and we could walk in and we could heal any person. Just like every athlete would like to say, when I, woke, got, when I got to the age of knowing I wanted to be, a, for example, a 100-meter dash runner, I just wanted to be an Olympian right out of the gate. Okay, but our path in this life is not about ease. We've been given all the tools we need to fight and win this war. We can step on snakes and scorpions. We can do, have dominion over all evil. We've been told that we can do all that Christ did, and that's quite a few things if you think about it. Walk on water, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, a few things like that. 
And he's told us we can do all of that. And we can do greater works than he. I've said many times, I don't know what that is, but man, I'm going for it. But here's what I know. Is that greater works piece is like running the Olympics. And I know that somewhere you got to start on training wheels. So when you're out in the world and you feel so compelled, and I will bet you that if you're listening to God, you're compelled everywhere you go, take time to pray for somebody and pray for healing. You may not see anything. You may not ever even know if it worked. But what you're doing is now you're building your discipline. You're refining your martial kingdom skill. And each time you pray, you get better. And each time you pray, you gain the deeper confidence in the Holy Spirit. Because there's a time coming, I believe, that those skills aren't going to be optional. The world is going to need them. And just like a guy that works in special operations, when he gives up working out and then one day he gets called to go tactical, it's going to be a mess. you got to drill every day, focus, build those strengths, build those spiritual muscles. And you got to be ready. And we've got to be refined in what we do, focused. That time is coming. And when the dead stone walls are shown to be the walls where also child rape and torture and, and sex parties and all sorts of lewd garbage has been going on, when we start to reveal the true heart of so many pastors that have been corrupted and viola violated in their ways, led astray far from the path. We start to get the true testimonies as that starts to happen of the people in the congregations that have been themselves victimized by the very church. And that echo begins to fill the halls. The walls that once were supposed to be filled with the love of Jesus are now echoing with the pain of the father of lies. How long do you think that congregation's going to stay? And unfortunately, where do you think they're going to go? They're going to leave, dejected, doubting, wondering what's going to go on, leaving God behind and forgetting that all along, all they have to do is just turn to Jesus and walk away from the show. I'm never going to be about a show. I'll always be about him, him, the true love of Jesus. And the more you go after it, and the greater it gets, the more profound our life becomes. And we begin to realize how important it is that we dig deeper because there's going to be a lot of lost and wandering people in this desert. And whether you like it or not, you will be called to lead a few or lead many to bring them home. Let's pray. Father God, I just want to thank you for your presence tonight and just continued reminder of kind of the challenge ahead. And as we look at the churches and we know that there's a lot of problems, we equally pray for those that are within those walls of corruption to be touched by the Holy Spirit and be awakened to the glory of the true depth of Christ. We aren't trying to seek division, Father. 
we speak the truth to sometimes lead us into those conclusions. Rather, we're trying to find the bridges to build in to pull people back and get them to see the truth and the deeper love in Jesus. So for anything here said tonight that would imply otherwise, I just ask that those words be forgiven because the intent of the heart has been and remains that all of us walk in a place where we truly can bring the unity of the body of Christ together. So Father, this is where we ask for your guidance and wisdom. This is a rocky road and a difficult one. We equally pray and declare a great shaking. And we declare this with the blood of Jesus, to declare a great shaking, to shake the, the dead stone walls, to shake the skinny jean pulpit, to force people to pull up and realize what they're looking at. These questions that one has to ask, what would happen if there's no latte machines at a, at a congregation? What would happen if there was no more daycare to entertain the children while the parents go to listen to the sermon? What would happen if the band didn't show up and all that was left were a few chairs and some people would have to stand and someone just had the book to speak from? We know that answer, Father. So many would never come back. And it's those that we want to reach. It's those we want to show that the true power and love of Jesus doesn't need any of the show. So, Father, the blessings that I pray for tonight for everyone listening is this. Find the joy in Jesus that himself is greater than any show on earth, any show in heaven. Carry that in your heart and walk purely with the love in Christ and let it shine through. Find the, the joy in the word. Find the power in the love that he carries. Understand the mightiness of the sword of the spirit and how it dwarfs the sword of steel. And find the compassion that Jesus had for the little ones to hold them in his hands to know how precious that gift was and for each and every one of us to carry that so deeply in our heart that it lights a fire of righteousness, a fire that will never go dim, that will only grow brighter as we pursue those three pillars that you place on our hearts to rescue, to heal, and restore. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Well, I love Bards Nation. I know that. I love everybody out here in Bards Nation because it's a place where people sow seeds and get their hands dirty. And that puts a smile on my face. Patriots, it's going to be a great next few days and weekend. I don't know why. I just know it will be. But just remember this worth remembering actually Romans 12 1 to 2 therefore I urge you brothers and sisters by the mercies of God to present your bodies as the living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God which is your spiritual service of worship worship and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what he he what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable 
and perfect. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tomorrow for bended knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. Let me get back in my body. Oh.
death.